Welcome to the ATT podcast. Oh yeah. Case file seven, Operation High Jump. Uh, with me, <laughs> with me as always, to my left here. Hello, I'm Zell. Uh, I'm Braden, and we have a very special guest, our Southeast Asian alien correspondent, Mr. Dan. That's me. <laughs> nice to be here. How's it going, man? So uh, good, good. For our listeners, uh, me and Dan. Uh, Used to be neighbors in Thailand, and uh, that's how I, we I, we met. And uh, so it's nice to have you on. He's the co-creator, I guess. You're, you know, what? I'll give you co-creator status because you came up with the name with me. I'm pretty sure that's what it is because yeah, that's what you said the first episode yeah. too. So nice. It's nice yeah. to have the it's co-creator nice have on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good idea, and we used to sit there watch, uh, you know, watch a couple ancient aliens go kind of nuts, and you know, a couple over a couple beers, it it. It blossomed into this idea. Did it start as nice to see it come to fruition? Yeah, it started as who are these alien theorists, and yeah. then now we got the show. It was looking up their credentials. I think what started it, like what kind of credentials <laughs> do these guys have that makes them better than us? <laughs> exactly, and apparently Nothing. not much. <laughs> um. So yeah, today. Oh, first off, I forgot space news. I forgot all the space news I had prepared. Oh, okay. So um, from now to January 4th, Earth is going to be going through a small uh, small area of debris. So you should have some, we'll have some meteor showers for the next couple of nights. Not too impressive or crazy. A couple every now and then they say. No uh, Armageddon? No Armageddon. So don't worry about that. Um, there was a huge solar flare. Uh, they said it was wider than Earth. There's a video of it. Uh, you can look up at uh, spaceweather.com. They have a video of it. And uh, at the, the height of the CME, it's actually wider than Earth. Uh, it's almost completely missing Earth, though. There is a small chance of uh, auroras, auroras in the northern hemisphere. So if you're out there, take a look. You never know. Pretty cool sight. Well, I know the truth is out there. The truth is out there. Look for that. Um, anyways, that's it for space news. So space let's news. get uh, let's get right down to it. Dan, Operation yes. High Jump. Operation High Jump. You want to summarize it, or how should we do this? How do you want to start? Uh, it? Yeah, I'll just go into a little bit of the stuff that I've picked up, and so far, it's an interest of mine. Just a passing <laughs> one of the few um, things that I know. I'll say a this: I watch some documentaries now too, and it's like you watch. It's like it's it's, it's one of those. It's mind blowing. It's one of those like bottomless pits, like of just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, the more it's an interesting topic because number one, it is base. It is fact. It did happen. Operation High Jump uh, around 1945-1946. A fleet of ships was launched uh, by the U.S. Navy on what they said was an expeditionary mission to chart, uh, mostly to train personnel, test material in frigid zones. Uh, consolidate and extend American sovereignty over the largest practical area of the Antarctic continent, uh, determine feasibility in establishing and maintaining bases in the Antarctic, um, mostly things like that. They wanted to test a lot of material and the effects of personnel in cold weather. That's what they said. Um, But a lot of things kind of when you look closer look a little bit iffy yeah to me the first thing that comes up when i like was looking into it was the ships that they sent i was like why like why are you sending all this like 
Well, I, yeah, I've heard. I, I have a fact here. Well, it says four thousand military troops. I don't know if that is that something you've heard, come across. Yeah, it's close to. It's around four. I've heard four thousand, somewhere around five thousand, somewhere around there. But it is definitely a lot of uh, ships and material to send to the Antarctic itself. As uh, I mean, you send. They send an aircraft carrier, a couple of destroyers, submarines, uh, a couple of icebreakers uh, down into there. And some of that is understandable. Icebreakers, I could see. Submarines, I could see. But I don't really know why you would need to send a couple. I guess I don't know. It, it was, I mean, it was after World War II had ended. Uh, there wasn't any large threat from the South Pole. I mean, from the Antarctic region. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could understand. I could. I mean, I could see it. Why you would send it to maybe the North Pole? Because a lot of people said that they they were. This was in preparation for like Cold War. Yeah, that would, uh, that that would of, make sense. You know? Because yeah, with the Russians, the height of like the Cold War was just getting started. So. Uh, to like bolster the North Pole would that I wouldn't even look twice if they sent that to the North Pole. I'd be like, yeah, no worries, well, of course. Right? Exactly, and and so this one just kind of the more you look into it, the more stuff you find that is uh, interesting or could you can speculate upon with a lot of cool stuff. And uh, and I would some of it sounds perfectly feasible to me. I mean, I mean, secret Nazi bases sound comes like right at the forefront. I think. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Nazi bases and hidden secret Nazi bases are at the forefront of this one, I would say. The conspiracy goes deep on the Nazi part, for sure. Okay, so quickly, they, they went to Antarctica. They were on a... I keep... Man, my phone... Get that phone out of here. What are you doing? It, it, you know what it keeps doing? I don't know why. My case keeps recording stuff, and then it sends it as a text message <laughs> to whoever the last person I sent a text message to. Who's getting this message? Andrew. Because Andrew just sent me a text like, why'd you send me that? Like, are you guys doing a podcast? And I was like, how do you know? And it's because I sent him a clip of us doing the intro. <laughs> and I'm like trying to turn my voice control off. Um, so basically, the summary, they've gone to Antarctica on this so-called ex- expedition. They've sent a kind of a suspicious-looking fleet for what they say they're doing. Um, the one point, so, okay, so continue, Dan. So they've, they're doing that, and now, like, we know they, why they say they're going. So what's the mystery? What's the mystery behind this? Well, uh, to to answer or to go more into depth about that, uh, before World War Two, before the actual or near the beginning of World War Two, Germany had sent expeditions about two or three, I believe, down to the Antarctic. And what they said they were going to expand their whaling. Uh, they wanted to expand their whaling capabilities because back then. Uh, for Germany, whale blubber and oil was actually a huge uh, part of their war economy that they were planning. I mean, they were getting ready for World War II. They they knew it was coming, and they knew they were going to start it. Um, there's no actual mention of, at least in any files or anything like that, that said that they established a base down there. But they did ex- uh, they did establish what they called Schwabenland, which was a large tract of land uh, founded by one of the ships that they sent down there. So they took kind of a sovereignty over that part of the, the Antarctic. Yeah. But, I mean, at that point, you couldn't – during that time, you couldn't actually – claim land on antarctica it was just you kind of they just sent a ship down there to say okay we're down there um and see if anybody would stop them i think is pretty much what they were yeah they were they were testing they were testing the waters kind of thing you know seeing how much push they could get before they got pushed back right right but you know Um, i also read that 
on those things, they were being... Uh, see, this is one of the documentaries. That we watched a Russian documentary that said um, some of their ships were intercepted, had mining equipment, right? Which was like raising the suspicion, not then, but later on, right? With people now. Oh, for... Uh are you talking about the German ships or the, yeah, the German American ships, ships, the German ships? Uh, yeah, there is mention that they were not just whaling, that they were, yeah, they were going to go into, uh, look into coal mining. Uh, they wanted to look for, I guess, uh, there's a large, or at least, um, somewhat substantial amount of coal there in, in Antarctica. So there were, I think there were mining places down there, especially I think Argentina, uh, I think Argentina, who was a Nazi sympathizer, they were Nazi sympathizers, the Argentinians. Uh, they had a, I think they had a semi-permanent uh, mining facility down there or something like that. Yeah, because I, I remember I remember reading and stuff, hearing that, uh, reading that Nazi subs would come, U-boats and stuff would come into Argentina. And then they would report that they were going like through Antarctica to head back. So they were, they were u- constantly using that route. Mm. Right, which would mean that, I mean, it would make sense for them to have a base down there. I don't see why you wouldn't, you know. Um, and to be there honest, is... on such a landlocked nation like Germany is, I don't, like, to me it seems totally feasible to try to want to establish roots on the largest continent on the planet and try to, like, see what resources you can dig up there. Like, that, to me, seems totally feasible. I've heard that before, that Antarctica has this, like, some of those vast resources untapped. Just under the ice. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's all 100% feasible. Like, why wouldn't you? Right. Especially, like you said, they're preparing for World War II. You know, you, you got to think they're getting, they're getting prepared to be cut off, right? From certain things. So that makes oh, yeah. Total sense. I think that's, uh, I think that's a lot of it. And the more you go into it, uh, after, after the fact that if they did have a base, um, there is one report of a, uh, a Nazi submarine being sunk in the Straits of Malacca, which is between like Sumatra, uh, in, in Indonesia, uh, that actually it's between, yeah, it's in Malaysia and Sumatra kind of there's a, if you look for it, uh, there was a Nazi submarine that was sunk there and a couple of the survivors, uh, I think it was a 60 man crew and I think only 20 actually survived, but the survivors after being interrogated of what their, their cargo was, what they were carrying, they said that they were carrying a large amount of mercury, um, which has been theorized or some places has been established that they were, the Nazis were experimenting with mercury as a, um, one of their fuel sources for their, uh, Wunderwaffe or their wonder weapons, the wonder their weapon, secret wonder weapons. weapons. Wonder yeah. weapon, yeah. Oh man. Oh, those Nazis were into some weird, freaky, freaky stuff. Um, okay. So yeah, so we, we've established that they're, they're going to make a base. So now, what does this have to do with uh, Operation High Jump? Where does this tie in? Now, uh, after after World War II, uh, this this Operation High Jump was sent down there pretty much right after uh, World War II was over, and so um, 
uh, even at that time, I mean, I know that uh, I'm pretty sure Winston Churchill uh, had, I forgot what it was called, but he had an operation already and set that they were going to invade Russia, you know, hoping that Russia was going to be weak at this point and it would be a good time to invade them because they might just pick up anyways where the Nazis left off and go into it. Now, if now if the United States and the, the UK were going to uh, you know they were they were planning on this. It's kind of it seems the reason why would you send a huge force, you know, a large fleet down into the Antarctic where there's nothing? Yeah. Um, or you know, it, it, why would you send it down there? It's a huge. You leaving a huge part of the mainland United States unguarded from uh, what would a tip? Uh, what would have been, I guess, Soviet aggression? It's weird too. Even like. Because that makes with the height of the cold, like Cold War starting and stuff, that makes perfect sense that they they like that should have been a real worry. The other thing to me is like immediately after World War II, everyone was just crippled with debt, right, and just killed. And you're like, you know what? It'll be a good idea. Let's go check out the ice in Antarctica with all our like send a huge naval force. This will be this will make money. This will be right and. They sent this huge force down there, and they were scheduled to be down there for about six to eight months, but they actually returned after two. It was said that they returned after two, after some sort of uh, – there were some Chilean reports of that the the ships returned after having uh, some sort of catastrophic failure, or they had some casualties on the ice or stuff like that, and they decided to go ahead and return. But that's never really gone into depth as to why they actually were t- returned uh, so early. Uh, in their their operation, yeah, I've I've heard they were met with resistance down there. So I, I have a fact here that says it was only months after the Roswell that James Forrestal, which was the Secretary of the Navy, sent sent Operation Hijab. It was Admiral Nimitz, Admiral Krusen, and Admiral Beard, and they were going down there to locate. I guess what the conspiracy says is locate immense underground bases constructed by the Germans before, during, and immediately after the Second World War with the aid of alien entities. So saying that the Nazis have been aided by alien entities, they had built the base at the South Pole, and America was going down there to, I don't know, investigate or go to war or what they were doing, but they came back early. That's what, that was what happened, I guess. Um, there, I mean, there's a, I have a quote here. Uh, it's from on March 5th, 1947, El Mercurio, uh, which is a newspaper of Santiago, Chile, uh, ran an article and they quoted Admiral Byrd, uh, Admiral Byrd, who was the leader of the, or the, pretty much the symbolic leader of Operation High Jump. Uh, he it basically, his quote says, Admiral, De- Admiral Byrd declared today that it was imperative for United States to initiate immediate defense measures against hostile regions. The Admiral further stated that he didn't want to frighten anyone unduly, but it was a bitter reality that in case of a new war, the continental United States would be attacked by flying objects which could fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds. Oh, my God. Right? At at that time, it was almost... it's impossible at that at that point to think of a, a craft or some sort of flying object that could travel from pole to pole at incredible speeds. No, right? yeah, like that. We had, no they, one had, had they the even invented the jet engine yet? Was that in World War Two they invented it or? Yeah, uh, they had. Well, I mean, at the end of the World War Two, the the Nazis had the V two rockets and they had the uh, I forgot their their ME. Uh, they did have an, a jet engine aircraft. 
that they use. But even then, it's uh, the operational distance range of those kinds of aircrafts was short to be best, and you're not getting from pole to pole no. uh, at incredible speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, the flight to Thailand's twenty hours, so you're not getting. <laughs> We're, yeah, we're not getting pulled to pull <laughs> in record speed. Yeah. So that's fucking. And I do, I do want to go back to uh, what you mentioned. the The person you mentioned, James Forrestal, uh, he's got a little bit of um, conspiracy aura around him too. Uh, like you said, this was uh, he got the Operation High Jump got back on nineteen in nineteen forty seven in April. Right, two years after that, there was the Roswell incident. Uh, in 1949 and then uh, James Forrestal actually he ended up committing suicide under mysterious circumstances or he died under they ruled it a suicide but most of the the files from his uh, from his investigation were classified what wait wait so say that again so this guy who's at the like forefront of all this no 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 not not Admiral Byrd, oh, the, uh, James Forrestal, who was the Secretary of War or yeah. Secretary of Navy. Um, he actually he actually committed or he was said to have committed suicide uh, about two years um, after all of this. Huh. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, when did Roswell happen? Roswell happened um, mid, mid 1947. Yeah. Right. Two years after that. Two years after that. Um, that's when James Forstall was said to have committed suicide. And but all the files investigating are classified. Yes, um, there's a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding that, as to pose like his part in the Roswell crash. Because um, yeah, April 1947 is when they came back. Then the Roswell crash was was uh, I think in July 1947. Huh. So April, May, July, like two months away. Man, you know what? Okay, to tie this to tie this in. So, let's say let's say for a second they went there. Okay, they go down there. They they are hit with some kind of resistance, some kind some catastrophic resistance. Let's say uh, some sort of flying saucer, right? So they see this or whatever. Maybe they even took one down, right? Like I've never thought about it, it like this. Maybe they took one down, right? And then they were trying to you know, rebuild whatever they got and they crashed it in Roswell. Right. And that's what the cover, like that's what started that. Like maybe those two tied together. It's kind that, of, I, think, I never thought of it like that. This It's different. That for me sounds now pretty good actually. It's different. Cause I always thought Roswell was like the first UFO before anything else. It crashed. And from there they like reverse engineered all these new technologies. That's what I always thought, but I never really looked that much into it. I, yeah, like because like, what, what we're uncovering here is Roswell happened after Ho- Operation High Jump. That's correct. Uh, well, Operation High Jump uh, officially ended, or the fleet uh, they returned around April, because uh, I'm pretty sure they went out. They went out in like January. I uh, started about January 1947, and then March, April, and then they came back in April. And then, uh, they were supposed to be out there for six months. Okay, yeah, Roswell. July eighth, nineteen forty-seven. Man, that's so weird. Okay, so that in that timeline of things, that means that whatever attacked the fleet in Antarctica, I'm we're theorizing here, could have been shot down by them. Obviously, if you collected something like that, the first thing you're going to do is fucking hightail it back because you're not going to stick around for the rest of the time. So, if you were to shoot something like that down and you collected it and saved it. 
you're going to hightail it back to the States, right? And then right away, you're going to have scientists and shit working on it, you know? And then someone goes for a test flight and crashes it in the desert. Okay, well, how about this? Because I know in World War II, there was the Foo Fighters, which was UFOs during dogfights that were like glowing orbs of light, kind of like saucer-shaped before all this happened. So does this does it stem from Nazi technology? Did they have like not did they have alien spacecraft before this? They had developed it after they defeated in World War II. They had already been developing these bases in Antarctica. Sent their scientists and their officials down to Antarctica to continue with these UFOs. The U, the U.S. then found out about it in a, whatever way. Took a fleet down there to figure out what it was. Met with resistance by whatever it was. Lost some of their fleets. Shot down a UFO, and now is reverse engineer it, and then crashed in Roswell. So, like to me, I like I like the idea of that way more <laughs> than uh, just like something crashing Roswell and not started at all. Oh, it was a weather balloon in Roswell. Yeah, because yeah. like I'm like yeah. <laughs> that's a, the timeline. I never looked at the timeline before at that, but like the timeline works so well. It's crazy. What do you think, Dan? What's your take on that? Um, I think your theory sounds really good. I didn't even think about that, actually, that maybe they had recovered the aircraft and they were, I mean, they wanted to test it out as soon as possible. But then part of me thinks that, no, um, I mean, I've seen how, how much, how slow the military can move and stuff like that. And I would think if they did recover a craft, they wouldn't be flying it around, uh, within two months of recovering it. I would think they would have, well, maybe, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say, though, because, you know, it, it just depends on how, you know, how excited they are and stuff, right? Like, how much they're pushing for it, right? How much they're putting behind yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, if they if they definitely had it back or, you know, it could have either been that. But, yeah, um, a lot of people uh, do ch- kind of try to draw uh, connections with the Nazi party and, uh, you know, aliens. Uh, not just aliens from space, but also there's the Hollow Earth aliens. There's always that theory floating out there. Can, can you give me a quick rundown of the Hollow Earth one? Because I've actually never, I've, I keep hearing it, and uh, I keep always meaning to, like, quickly do a read-up on it. So just give me a quick rundown of it. Um, from I mean, I can give you a quick rundown because of, of what I know. But yeah, basically, that's, yeah. that's all I want, because all uh, I know, I've, I, I know the name, and I kind of get grasp from the name what it, it's uh, entitling. There are, like, a couple theories. Uh, there, there are a few uh, prevailing theories. I think there's a couple of them. Uh, the, one that, the ones that I mostly know of is that saying that uh, inside the Earth, it's like the Earth is hollow. Uh, uh, some people say like when the earth is hit by a, uh, by like a meteor, it makes a sound like a bell. Um, so that's, they say that's some sort of like, um, seismic activity where it sounds like a bell or it makes some sort of, uh, noise like that. So there's evidence to suggest that inside the earth is hollow, that there are just these immense, huge caverns, uh, heated by some sort of internal sun. And, uh, some people say that entrances to this hollow earth can be found in different places around the world, but two of them might be at the North and South pole. Um, which would then, you know, go with what Admiral Byrd was saying with pole to pole, right? If you're shooting right. through the center of the earth with flying saucers, uh, you know, well, yeah, I've right. I've heard that theory before, and it says that aliens use the center, like this Earth's center mass, in a in a form of like space travel to propel them through space, kind of like a wormhole. So, like that, the the theory oh, goes deep cool. that way. But man, that's cool. <laughs> Who but, knows? 
You, you know, that one's a hard one for me just because I'm so, I was brought up with the public education system and they definitely did not teach me yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't say that. <laughs> Though there, there is, there is a lake in Antarctica, I can't remember what it's called, that it's under the ice and you can't just, you can't just get there. You gotta have a submarine or you gotta go under the ice somehow. And it's always 16 degrees Celsius because of the, the thermal heat of the earth. It's like a big hot spring. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard about that too. Some of the thermal lakes that are that are found there, uh, that are heated by underground vents and things like that. Yeah, so like I've that. That, that kind of like plays into that theory. Is there's got maybe not hollow, but maybe maybe water filled or who knows. But and I, we, one of the documentaries we watched on it, it was it, it kind of touched on that where it was like, okay, so if there's thermal vents and they're they're heating uh, heating water through the ice. Uh, it, it goes to warrant that there's probably underground tunnels where these rivers run through because, like, it melts the ice, which is why you'd bring a submarine because that's where the entrance to bases and stuff are. It would be, uh, be like a the best fortress. If that's the only way to get there was under the ice, Yeah, you couldn't attack by air or land or anything. You could only go underneath. Well, you attack by air. It just take a while. Well, what if the ice is a kilometer thick? A couple nukes, man. Just keep A couple firing. of nukes. Yeah, just drop it. Fuck Antarctica. <laughs> no one's there. Fuck it. Um, well, speaking of nuclear uh, nuclear bombs, there is uh, there is mention of there were three bombs that were detonated, three uh, atomic bombs that were detonated near Antarctica. Get the fuck uh, in, out of here when? In the late six, in the late fifties, uh, they did uh, detonate three. Our Americans detonated like three nuclear test bombs. Um, uh, over Antarctica, or they're saying over Antarctica. I was oh, looking, looking at that. Okay, well, and now I can understand, like, um, I understand why you would do it there because you're like, no one's there. But at the same time, it's like, I, why do you need to test? Why do they need to test anymore at that point? They just want bigger, badder ones? Uh, I think they wanted to see the. Uh, some of the statements from the documents say that it was uh, they were testing to see the effects of atomic particles and how they interacted with the Earth's electromagnetic field, Ooh, uh, whether it would interfere with radar tracking or communications or the electronics of even satellites and ballistic missiles. And this was this was in the late this was in the late 50s, so 1958, uh, 59, somewhere around that time. Man, that's. Now, how many ha, have we? Okay, I know there's been expeditions to Antarctica and stuff, but are they isolated to one region, or do they like have there been people all over? Like, is there parts of Antarctica right now where there's still people haven't been on? I'm, I guess there's got to be, right? Because I know that I'm know sure that they have bases. Well, they have bases at the pole. They have like a, a base there. It's always there, but yeah. that's just at the pole. There's Antarctica is huge. And it's like, yeah. it's hard. It's a hard place to go. Yeah. It's, I mean, Antarctica itself is, it's just, it's, I mean, it's an incredible continent and then like ecosystem in itself. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out from there now that we've never seen uh, before. I mean, especially with sea levels rising and ice sheets melting. Um, they're fi- And they're doing a lot more study down there in Antarctica. I mean, one of the incredible things is they found, uh, what is it, Lake Vostok? Lake Vostok is a uh, a freshwater lake that's been 
it's pretty much been ice locked for what they said is almost um, something like a million, like millions of years. Uh, it's been isolated from the world, normal or anything like that. Um, or is it? Uh, here it is. It's a pristine freshwater lake buried beneath about 3.7 kilometers of solid ice, and it's about the size of Lake Ontario. Oh, wow. Uh, it is the largest of the more than 200 liquid lakes strewn around the continent under the ice. So it's been isolated for say up to hundreds of thousands of millions of years, and they're trying to—they're uh, trying to collect water samples from there. I believe a Russian team was successful because uh, drilling all the way down in there, but there was uh, fears of contamination from when they, where they were drilling. I mean, when you're you know trying to poke down into something that's never been touched before, uh, they were really worried about that. Man, that's probably some really good tasting water. Oh man, some fresh spring. <laughs> that's, that's some high quality H two O. <laughs> that's meant it, it, it's such refreshing. a weird place it's such a weird place because there's there's could be so much like so much secrets hidden there like of the earth that's, I would, that's the one place on earth that no one we know like we've mapped it and we kind of know it but no one's really there besides yeah. like a few hundred people throughout the year man like could you imagine if we found i okay now do they Maybe they have like seismic maps or something, like because I'm like maybe you'd find ruins. Like imagine you found ruins under the ice and well, stuff. Well, that's cool too because they've found maps of Antarctica mapped without ice. Yeah, and they said yeah. that that would have been thousands of years ago. I can't remember what they were called the Piri the Piri maps or something. Yeah, something and they've it's a map and of Antarctica and it's just the land. It's not the ice. Like we can we can see it with like infrared. We can tell what, what Antarctica looks like without ice. But they, there's a map that has been found. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. I, yeah, me either. Because I wasn't expecting that Dan, to come you, up. But. Dan, do you know what that one's called? You've heard of that one? Uh, no, I've heard of it uh, and I've read about it, but I just I've forgotten the name. Uh, but yeah, it, it was. I think it was. It was said to be. It's reported to be attributed to some sort of like Turkish uh, naval general or, or sorry, naval admiral or something like that. Some sort of teacher. Uh, some sort of, I think it was from Turkey or somewhere they found it, um, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it was either accurate or copied from an accurate one. That I mean, from if you think back through the ages about how much knowledge has been lost, I mean, just if you think of like the burning of the library at Alexandria and how much knowledge was lost there, why I think it would be perfectly acceptable that maybe that was a copy of a map that had been or somebody had seen there in the library of alexandria before it got burnt and it was just buried back there somewhere so, so real quick man you're bringing so much good information to the table so much that in fact that i'm starting to feel lost give me a rundown <laughs> of what the the library of alexandria is uh the library of alexandria was a um a huge uh library back in the i can't in, in ancient days before anything uh and it was um it was just a huge depository of all. I mean, Alexandria in Egypt uh, was a city that was renowned for its its scholars and things like that back in the ancient uh, it's, it's ancient days. Part of the Roman Empire, wasn't it? Alexandria. Uh, it was at that point. Um, when it got burned down, I'm not sure. Um, so, anyways, exact- so, so how exactly did it get burned? So it was a collection of like all the knowledge, essentially. Yeah, time. I think it, I'm pretty sure it was like the it was the Huns or or it was the Khan or Genghis Khan. I can't. I think it was the Huns. That, that's, that Huns sounds that sounds right. Actually, I think. Man, that's, um, that's fucking crazy. I'm pretty sure. Like when they got down there, they just burned the whole thing, and they said that the whole river uh, ran 
black with all the ink of all this stuff. Like they burned, the, they burned the library and they took all the the scrolls and everything, the parchments, and they just threw them into the into the river uh, where in in the Nile. And they just said it ran black with all the ink of all the stuff that was uh, thrown in there. So it was supposed. To, it was that was the biggest library at the time. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, so that I think was, it was. It was burned. All, in, all the knowledge of the world burned at once, pretty much. Yeah, it was that. It was in 391 AD. Oh, uh, wow. When it was destroyed. And it was just, it had been just accumulating all the amount of uh, scrolls and things like that. Some people set, some people have like stated, uh, some scholars and stuff have stated that it's set back like the human, like human knowledge, like collective human knowledge. It set us back like a thousand to like 2,000 years, I think, something like that. When I that hear, if we had that, when, we, when I hear something like that, it just boggles my mind. Like how much. Did we just find out now what we knew back then or what? Man, it'd be like someone going on right now and just wiping the internet clean. Just boom, boom done. Like straight to zero. Like how much stuff we do now is like is isn't backed up. Like it we would lose an insane amount of just it would well it'd all be in textbooks and then to find the information would just take forever again. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's fucking crazy. Anyways, Operation High Jump. Okay, so let's, let's let's backtrack a bit. What do you know? What's your thoughts on like the Nazi Party and UFO technology? Uh, I am I am totally down with the fact of Nazis and UFO technology, but I don't know about the. I'm not so sure about contact with extraterrestrials. Like I'm more I'm more in the agreement that they had. Uh, really great scientists. I mean, Germans have really great work ethic and that maybe they came up with some pretty cool stuff. Um, but the, the one thing that kind of comes to mind is the, uh, have you guys ever heard of the, the, the bell, the, the Glocka yep. or whatever? Yeah, the, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what they were. They, some people say that was on one of the submarines, uh, that it, that's where it, it went that they took the Deglaca, whatever that was. Nobody really knows what it was. I mean, I've seen a couple pictures, but uh, nobody can really, nobody's really sure what it is. Or I've never heard, I've, I mean, through all the stuff I've combed through, I haven't been able to find a definitive answer of what it is or what it did. So what are, what and, are some of the leading theories of what the Deglaca is? The Deglaca, I mean, people are saying time travel, people are saying, uh, you know, interspace travel, gravity control, anti-gravity, uh, those are the pretty much, I think, the prevailing uh, theories of what it was or what it did. Or those are the the, the high speculations of what it is. Um, as far as I know, there's only really like one picture or one reliable picture um, of it, and it's just nobody really knows what it is. Or there's only like one small mention of it somewhere, but nobody was uh, after World War II. Nobody was able to find it, and they're saying that maybe that it was taken down to those secret Nazi bases under the ice shelves of Antarctica and uh, hidden there, and maybe experimented further with or, or things like that. Man, I I agree with that because I've heard I've heard the the Nazis they thought differently of science, like they went up went about it a different way than Western science, and I. I've heard that they've found a different way to fly, and it was like the anti-gravity, the counter-rotating magnetic disc in a like a, a saucer shape, and they had just started started to get that technology to work when they were defeated in World War II because there there was the Foo Fires, and they said that's what they were. They weren't really military armed yet, but they could fly, and they were just starting to harness the power of it, and they defeated. And then at the end of the war, there was all these 
Nazi bases that were they just destroyed. They got rid of all the evidence. They destroyed all the files, and all that technology was just lost. And then they took it to Antarctica to, in another Nazi base, and that's the conspiracy. But that's what, kind of what I believe too. That they had it wasn't aliens. They just had a different way of thinking about science, and they figured it out. And then the bird. Then it was too late for them. Yeah, um, and I, I, I feel like that jives with the most of the stuff that went down there. I mean, when they talk about nuclear, uh, nuclear testing down there, I'm like, no, like you went down there. They, I mean, I'm feeling like they went down there with the. the I mean, you could make a narrative of where the United States fleet went down there. They got beat back because they had the. You know, maybe there was some sort of uh, a battle between them and the these UFOs or whatever. But the Nazis took some heavy hits, and then the United States said, "Okay, fuck it, let's go back there with nukes and just like nuke the hell out of them," and and that finished it or something like that. Because it was, you know, man. You know what though, too, because that's a weird thing. Even before you were saying where they were going to test the nuclear missiles to see if they would interfere with radio and shit. That's a fucking big gamble. Like, imagine it did, right? And they're like, oh, you know what? We just fucked up all radio. <laughs> like, you know what? Everything's down for good. We fucked it up. Like, that's such a big gamble to take. It's like, yeah, we're just going to try this out. No big deal. Yeah. And I mean, but they have like, I mean, if there were Nazi bases down there, I mean, all that kind of stuff, they got great cover for it. Because I mean, it was, I mean, this was the Cold War and pretty much anything flew, you know, I mean, the US and the, and the Soviets pretty much had unlimited power in what they were doing. Um, you know, if you were just, if you said, yeah, we were testing nukes and no, back then, I mean, the, the public didn't have that much knowledge of like nuclear yeah. radiation, like what it did or, you know, the effects of whatever. So nobody's going to be like, oh, cool. You set off really big bombs. Down there in Antarctic. Oh, there's nothing down there but penguins. Who cares? Yeah, fuck those penguins. <laughs> Man, it, it the the whole story of that's just so fucking weird. And it's it's strange too because like if you think say they did send the Deglocken away, right? Say they sent it away. Say they fucking destroyed it. We don't know. But let's just say there was a something somewhere they read that it was sent like on a U boat or something. You you gotta think if the Americans or the Russians got a hold of that information in that time, they'd be like, we're finding this. Like, we are going to get this. We need to get it before the States does, or we need to get it before Russia does. Right? Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like something the U.S. would do at that point. I mean, we had the naval... Uh, we had the naval resources to do it. I mean, we could... We had, at that point, you know, Russia had more invested in the war than we did, really, uh, in terms of manpower. Um so I mean, if we were like, we need to go get a, we need to get a hold of this stuff, or make sure that the Nazis are really dead. Um, I mean, it would make sense to send a large expeditionary force down there um, to figure out what it got. I mean, there was one thing that did kind of set off some of the uh, like the theories for extra Nazi bases is that um, uh, the Admiral. What is his name? Like the high admiral of the German German forces. I cannot. Oh, I, you know what? I remember hearing about this too. Like I, I don't know his name offhand, but I, yeah, he was saying weird shit, right? Yeah, at the Nuremberg trials when they had him on, and I cannot. I, I had his name on the tip of my tongue, and it just it just gone now. But um, he mentioned something about uh, there was some little like kind of. Uh, 
just a little blurb that he said something about there's a Shangri-La uh, located under the ices uh, or under the ice of Antarctica for Nazis or something. Not yeah, for Nazis. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, 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 I remember that. that man. Hey, um, he made some sort of unusual statement about that. Okay, I, I'm about to make I'm about to make a stretch of a conspiracy here. Okay, let's hear it. I like it. So World War Two, the Nazis had the Foo Fighters. They well, they're not sure whose they were, but they were the Foo Fighters. Then World War Two, the UFO kind of objects. World War II ended. The Nazis were disbanded, and it's it's no secret that America took a lot, or like I guess not took, but inherited a lot of those Nazi scientists. Oh yeah, Operation Paperclip. That's and yeah. those scientists that could have worked on Deglocken or in those other UFOs have maybe now, with the states, developed their own set of UFOs, and that's why the sightings of UFOs in the states is rampant since ever since Roswell, pretty much. So th- this is this is my stretch. That UFOs were developed by the Nazis, Nazis were defeated, and maybe they went to Antarctica with the Deglocken, but some of the scientists that worked on it have been taken by the states. The states have developed their own UFOs, their own flying saucers, and that's what people see now. I could get on board with it. uh, I mean, I could see, I mean, you could stretch a, a connection between... I get the Roswell and uh, at the end of Operation High Jump, like maybe they did shoot one down and they brought it back and then they were testing it over New Mexico, which is a, you know, big, I mean, New Mexico itself is, that's where you made the hey, atom bomb. That's hey Dan, where you got all kinds of secret bases. We can actually add something in there that kind of fix your timeline, what we were talking earlier. Say they shoot one down there. They've inherited these Nazi scientists because you were saying, oh, you know how they the military doesn't work that fast. But if you now had scientists who were intimate like had intimate knowledge on what was shot down. You know what I mean? Like they already knew. Yeah. They already knew, yeah. right? So that could be all they needed was the the tech there to kind of like back engineer it. Yeah, and I that can follow that. Speeds that up. I I kind of like that. I like that theory a little better than. Well, like, I, I like, get on. I get on board with it. I love the theory as my original theory before I really knew anything about conspiracy at all was there was not really a lot of sighted UFOs in modern history until the detonation of the atomic bombs in whatever they were, 1942 or whatever it was. And as soon as that happened, I've always thought that whatever civilization has been watching us for thousands of years develop as a civilization, they watched these nuclear us develop nuclear power, and then they came. I can get on board with that. Like yeah. that was like that was like a a, a signal. Like you know what? Sometimes yeah. I, I mean that's the whole uh, that's the whole the the day the Earth stood still kind of thing that you know. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. St- we stood on the brink of space exploration, or we had nuclear weapons, and you know aliens don't want us running around in the galaxy or our solar system really yeah, breaking uh, a bunch past. of yeah breaking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I can I I can see that though too because. I always thought too sometimes where I'm like, you know, maybe we started firing those off and maybe it, it, it was, it was something new for them, right? Like maybe outside civilizations didn't have that kind of weapon capability. Uh, or maybe, uh, what was it? Uh, when you guys mentioned the last one, the black, the black Knight satellite, maybe oh. that's what it's there for. Yeah. Detected nuclear, it set off some sort of signal. Oh and, my uh, God. It just blew my oh, mind. You, you just gave me shivers, <laughs> man. You're tying it and all it's together. Just, Okay, we're, we're so gonna, maybe we're gonna, it just sits there to you know it's there to monitor certain. We're going to pump all the theories together real quick. Here. I'm going to do it in about 15 seconds. <laughs> so a million years ago, alien alien astronauts came to Earth. They genetically modified chimp DNA DNA 
to be smarter and more intelligent. After 500,000 years, we became intelligent in a civilized race. They then dropped in this satellite to, to watch us, and this whole time they've been watching us progress as a nation or as a civilized race until we finally invented nuclear fission. They're like, you know what? It's time to go make, set them straight because they're going to destroy themselves. Right. Yeah. Or maybe it's just the fact that it, it, it monitors certain like waypoints on our, you know, our progression as a society or like a oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. That's like, and that was a marker, they're, right? That they can. They, yeah. And that's why they're sending. You see more UFOs now because they're coming. Yeah. It's like, um, what is now. it? Like a Space Odyssey 2001 where, uh, you know, you have like the the chimps with the, the giant black monoliths. Like every time humans hit a certain point. Then, like the aliens come in, or they send something, a message, or, or something like that. Yeah, they, which we, we could have got, we could have received a message, and maybe the government has a hold of that, and oh, they're just not telling us. That's so. a whole that's other conspiracy, right <laughs> there. Oh man, that's good. Man, that's I. We just made so many connections there. Like it just, I got shivers there when you started bringing up the black. The black. Yes, you said the black oh, side. Like, oh fuck, it's crazy. Because I was looking into more of that, and I was like, you know what? It's kind of weird. Like I was l- looking at pictures and looking at people saying and like. I was like, eh, it's a, it's a strange I thought about one. it too because it's weird because satellites eventually succumb to gravity and they eventually come down and they like bring them down in the ocean or whatever. But if right. I, if or I, they have to make certain, you know, they have to make adjustments. Yeah, they, always, uh, they have to correct it to keep thing. it in orbit, right? Yeah. But for that yeah. thing to be there to say whatever thousands of years it's been just wouldn't happen without, like, no, it's, it's, not, it's not a moon. It's a very small piece of mass. It's not just going to stay in orbit. Yeah. Yeah. So something's keeping it there. Oh, man. Now, if that it's it's something working against with gravity, right? Maybe you know, maybe like something like the Nazis were experimenting with the counter rotating disc, and they were playing with gravity and anti gravity stuff. Like that could be harnessing that kind of power there. And it, gravity has just blown my mind in the in the past year. Yeah, Interstellar. Just <laughs> thinking of gravity and time as another dimension has just oh. like just blown my mind. Got to say. It's a tough one. I've I've really liked where this Operation High Jump discussion has taken us, taking us all over the place. But it's been good. yeah. I mean, I, it's a great subject, and and there's just I I like the fact that it is like any speculation can be you know based in fact. Like this this actually happened. It yeah. is really strange, and there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, there's people say that it can all be kind of tied up in a neat little bow, but the more you get into it, the more it's weird. Like I said, like, you know, some of the people connected with it, Admiral Byrd himself, uh, he pub or it said that he published his missing journal, uh, which had him encountering hollow earth aliens, uh, or hollow Wait, earth life. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, guys, you guys didn't know about that. No. So, okay. <laughs> get into that a little bit. Um, that's not Ad- yada Admiral- yada yada. You gotta <laughs> give us some more on that. Get just uh, Admiral Admiral is it James Bird? I'm getting off my head here. Um, Richard Bird, sorry, A- Admiral Richard Bird. Dick Bird. Uh, Dick I think Bird. James- yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll refer to him as Dick Bird from here on out. Dick for- Bird. <laughs> Dick Bird. As, as good old Dick did, he, uh, if you go on Amazon.com and you look up this thing, it has the missing diary of Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Um, and the author is, is, the author is slated as being Richard E. Byrd, him. And, uh, I mean, I've read through parts of it and, uh, not the, uh, like, uh, excerpts and stuff, but people have looked at it and it has Admiral Byrd, uh, during one of his flights, like across Antarctica, they ran into some sort of, uh, 
Eden of some sort, some sort of a like isolated um, like biome down there where they had uh, uh, it mentions like uh, large and large beasts that resembled woolly mammoths or or something like this, and it say that. I know it sounds really crazy, and it sounds awesome. it sounds really it sounds really nuts. And I'm not sure if maybe he put it out just to be uh, like it was published like after I'm pretty sure like after he died, um, or said it was found or something like that. But uh, I've I've tried to look into it, and nobody really has any like a lot of definitive information about it. I guess it's, so. If if it's not <laughs> if the information isn't there, it's always kind of open to speculation. But. Um, it, it, it's it, it mentions him going in there with a plane and he had like a crew of uh, two or three other men and their plane was uh, the, the controls of their planes was wrenched away from them and then they were guided into some sort of uh, airport or facility where were beans uh, the beans that were the I think uh, some people were saying that these were the, the Aryans like the ones that the, yeah. the Nazis believed that they were I've heard that for. I've heard that before. And uh, they talked to the they talked to Admiral Byrd, and they they told him about your your race is going to face a crisis in, in the coming uh, decades or, or years or something like that. And they, they were saying that they had some of the Nazi scientists there. The beans told Richard Byrd that we had some of their scientists were staying with them or, or something like that. Um, as far as I know, but yeah, there's he has this he. he I don't know if he was just maybe he was going a little bit crazy or or something like that. You know, I, I'm just not sure. But there is a there is a diary that's attributed to Richard E. Byrd that oh, that has all this wow. kind of weird stuff. That shit is getting illegally downloaded tonight. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to check this out. That's it's only saying. it's a, and it's only a couple pages long. It's really not that. As I mean, I was reading the reviews of it, and they're like, this could have just been seven pages long, and it didn't need to be so long or something like that. But it reads. I mean, I, when I was reading parts of it, it's it, he's writing about um, like it's it's like he's writing as he's thinking. And it's like a part of it. It's like the controls have been taken away from us. We're going down towards some sort of we're being pulled. And you're like, wait, why would you be writing that if it was actually happening? Yeah, that's like, kind of weird. That's a weird. It's way weird. But at the same time, that's not the first time we've heard of like or the like of the other conspiracies saying that flight craft or nuclear weapons have been disarmed remotely from another un, like unidentified source. So yeah. it can happen, I guess. The th- no, but the thing, that's not the questioning. The questioning is, you, like, people don't really write like that. They don't write, like, you would be like, how you would write that is yeah. you would go, oh, and then and then it, it was odd because the, the flights seemed to be taken. You don't, like, write in astonishment, right? You write in right. Re- reflecting, right? You're yeah. more reflective. So that sounds well, to me like maybe he was trying to write a story. And then that got found, and you know, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, um, Admiral Byrd, like after Operation High Jumped, and after most of his like uh, post World War II career, I mean, he was, uh, I think he was, he was pretty reclusive. Like he didn't, he didn't do a lot of talking after that. I mean, he was a pretty like, uh, you know, back in the like the fort like forties, like thirties and forties, he was like a big face. I mean, he's, um, I think he's on a. They have a stamp. They have a commemorative stamp for him. He was like he was um, one of the leaders of the navy, wasn't he? He was. Uh, like- he wasn't actual. No, he was kind of like a. He was kind of a symbol. He wasn't really. He was more like. Um, okay, well, you know, it was more really, for show. What's What's an admiral? Because I, I don't really know my military terms. Yeah, uh, usually, you have a couple admirals. Like you have admirals uh, for each fleet. Uh, right now, the U.S. Navy fields about. I'm pretty sure seven. 
I think we have seven fleets, oh, one so. for pretty much every operating so theater. So you have an admiral for each one. You're pretty much at the and top, then, though. Uh, right, admiral. and then there's like he's he's up there, but his his title as an admiral is it was more um, it was more uh, what's the word like uh, honorary. It wasn't like it wasn't like he would actually commanded forces. It was more his for his his service to the country and doing the expeditions so and a lot and of the and stuff. His expertise to the area, kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. He's kind of a celebrity. So, but with expertise. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he was a, he was an actual naval officer at one point. He did make it up, I think, to a lieutenant, gener- uh, lieutenant junior grade um, in his naval career. But then he had a problem with his foot. So he had to be uh, he had to be medically retired. And he spent he spent some of it uh, at a training facility. But he still kept on doing work for the Navy and, and developing like navigational tools and things that they used. Uh, so the guy, uh, he was a straight time. up like he was a straight up. Gee, the guy was awesome. Yeah. So like, it yeah, doesn't guy, it doesn't make sense that he would li- like lie to the, want to lie to the public or misstrew the public right. at all. You know, and I mean, there is uh, Bird was. If you want to take it into another direction, he was an active Freemason. If you believe the stuff about that, Ooh, um, that's a whole other conspiracy. That's a whole other own, topic. We could get on go on that for a while. So you know, I mean, like I said, like the the Operation High Jump stuff had a lot of stuff in it that's just like this Richard E. Bird character, like him himself, is a very he's an interesting character. Uh, James Forrestal, the the Secretary of War and Secretary of Navy, um, like you said, he died under the mysterious circumstances. He was around for Roswell, you know, at the end of World War II, died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, you know, there, so. there's a lot of uh, kind of hanging threads for you to pull at, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we're we're getting pretty close to the end of this one. We got to start wrapping it up. Um, so uh, we got to do some sh- we got to do some shoutouts. I think this one I've been I've been neglecting neglecting shoutouts for a while. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, ninety eight Problems Podcast. Um, they're a really awesome podcast. Uh, look them up on iTunes. I forgot their Twitter handle. I think they're following us. So if uh, give I'll post a tweet going to them they've been awesome they're all very supportive guys and uh afterburn 739 down in the states there we love your stuff uh you guys are always good to us so uh, we love you guys' work um anything else we need to plug oh meteor studios uh always bringing you this podcast um big room or small room big sound uh www.meteor-recording.com um this episode of att podcast is sponsored by Octavia Vodka, sophisticated taste, <laughs> embracing the mystery of Wait, the night. Are we actually sponsored by them? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Why have we opened that bottle? I don't know. It's it's a Mickey. It's a Mickey vodka, and it's forty three percent alcohol. That's why we didn't. We what? wouldn't. Have, we wouldn't have got through yeah, the, this. The conversation would have been a lot less. Uh, but you know what? Their tagline. Their tagline: sophisticated taste, embracing the mystery of the night. Fuck, you know what? That's actually pretty fitting. It, it's so, pretty fitting. Is it manufactured by vampires? Like, is yeah. that? <laughs> that uh, it's it's um it's brewed in um, Langley, British Columbia, Transylvania, using the finest Canadian grain and natural <laughs> purified water. You know what? Uh, so if you if you want to look into birds. Octavia Vodka, uh, you can go online and uh, look it up. I don't I don't have the website off by hand. So. All right. Well, one more shout out. Sounds good. One more shout out to our American. Alien correspondent Hayden, the first guy on the oh, show. Yeah, we loved Hayden. Hayden, he he had no idea what to expect when he came on. Neither did we. But 
It ended up pretty good, I think. Yeah, we liked Hayden. Hayden sent us an email saying he was a little nervous, but we loved you, Hayden. We're going to have you on another time. Don't you worry. We loved you having love having you on. Uh, Dan, anything you want to plug? Um, nope, not off the top of my head. I think I'm good. Um, Dan, you were fun. the man. Yeah, man, you were awesome on this one. Very knowledgeable. Uh, so we'd like to thank our uh, Southeast Asian alien correspondent, Right. Dan. All Dan. right. Uh, You're the uh, man. Anything else? I, I feel like we're forgetting something. You know what? Well, like Operation High Jump, I feel like you could just talk for like hours and hours and hours. But anyone listening, do your research. We've got we've got a good start on it, but there's this like it's it, endless. It, it's never ending. And honestly, lots <clears> of conspiracies <throat> that we'll talk about in the future are gonna are tie into this. It's insane how much shit ties it's a, it's in. A, it's with, a focal point of conspiracy. Yeah, it, how much shit ties in with Operation High Jump? It's insane. So. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, it it's up. a wonderful jumping off point. Anybody who's just getting into conspiracies or just wants something fun to do whenever, it's it's cool to look into. A lot of stuff, information is out there. And, uh, you know, take it on yourself and, and look up what you want to look up. And it's cool. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Here's what we all wanted to plug. Uh, we're now on Facebook. So if you don't have Twitter. Oh, yeah, that's right. I like the page. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Alien Theorists Theorizing uh, on Facebook. Was that a hint? Yeah, that was a hint to you to fix that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, follow us on Twitter, as always, at truthisoutthere, T-H-U-R-R, on Twitter. Uh, We always respond to anything. And if you have any any feedback or suggestions or you want us to talk about something, um, I can't remember his name. He keeps bugging me to talk about paranormal stuff. Next podcast, we're doing a paranormal podcast. We're doing paranormal? Oh, Dan, you you want to come back on for that one? Which one? Uh, paranormal, as in? I don't chat about that. Supernatural, ghosts. Uh, maybe that we'll talk about that El Tupacabra or something. I don't know. Who knows? Something like on, right. on that kind of level. Uh, I, I'm thinking more ghosts. Maybe we'll we'll maybe we'll bring up a couple famous ghost stories or ghost videos or something, and kind of mm, dissect okay. them or something. Because um, right. we all know the ties. They love their ghosts. So. <laughs> Right, so they don't believe it. Just you know, they put their <laughs> you know you you put it you burn some incense around here and you you move a a lamp in a certain direction and that keeps the ghosts away. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that one next on the and uh, oh Dan, actually before we go, that's what I was forgetting. Uh, you're a second guest. I'm always gonna we're gonna sit you in the hot seat and do some quick quick fire uh, conspiracy questions at you. All right, uh, go for it, All Dan. Right. Have we landed on the moon? Yes or no. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. Yes? Was it the Americans first? Yes. Okay. Unless it was the Nazi super base. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Nazi super base. That's a good one. Um, okay. <laughs> Did the who, – who assassinated JFK? Uh, I'd go with uh, – Mafia? I'd go with Mafia. Yeah. Mafia? Was, was like Lee Harvey Oswald the lone shooter? Uh, yes. Oh, I know, you know what? No. It was probably him and one other guy. And oh, like okay. the RZ Oswald, Grassy Knoll, right? That. Grassy Knoll. It could be like that. Who who made the pyramids? I'd say. Uh, I wouldn't say who it was, but I'd say probably he could have just been a hired hitman, and then Harvey Oswald was just the fall guy. <laughs> I go with that. <laughs> no, who made the pyramids? <laughs> Oh, sorry. My bad. Who made the pyramids? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald and one other guy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they moved all those millions of stones real quick. Uh, using the, using yeah. the <laughs> Nazi time travel technology. We tied exactly. it all together. We he figured it out. Glaka. He hopped on the Glocka and he went back and he built his pyramids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. That's funny. Um, I'd say 
probably civilization before. I wouldn't say the Egyptians. I'd say someone else probably. Some advanced that. civilization. Okay. Yeah, and uh, okay, you know what we're gonna start? We're gonna start a we're gonna start an ATT pool, uh, kind of thing. Uh, so right now you're the you're gonna be the first one. We'll get Hayden. We'll get Hayden's question. We'll we'll throw it on there, and the winner will get we'll give a prize to of some kind. When do you <laughs> think we will? <laughs> you can, what, what kind of prize are we gonna? I give? don't know yet because it's gonna be when you hear the pool. I'll I'll send you something. I'll send you. Oh, you know what? The winner of this pool, I will send a Mickey of Octavia vodka. Boom. Um, the pool is you're going to be the first one in the pool. When do we find intelligent life? Intelligent life. Uh, uh, intelligent you, life. You can. You can. You, you, you I'm going to say you can pick a year or you, a month. I'm going to go for twenty. Twenty. I want to say twenty twenty-five. Twenty twenty-five. Dan's in twenty twenty-five. Haven't cool. we already found intelligent life? Just no one's telling us about it. Well, maybe. Okay. So when is it unreleased? <laughs> maybe we already did. Maybe nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But but I'm saying then in that case, when is it released to the public? Like when is it public knowledge that there's intelligent life in the universe? I'm gonna go with twenty twenty-five. Twenty twenty-five. Okay. You, you know we. Yes. You may get a bottle of vodka in nine years. Yeah. You may not. <laughs> so don't count your. Yes. Uh, don't get your hopes up. Okay. So I think that's the podcast. Eh? Anything else? Nope. That was Dan. Thanks, buddy, for coming on. Hey, no problem. That's fine. You know what? I, I keep, do it again. I keep fucking forgetting to say the Doctor Ian Malcolm line naturally. I just keep forgetting. <laughs> so life will find a way. Uh, keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs> All right, man. See you later. <laughs>